All right, we are live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here with my co-host, Devan Bulbo. Right. Look at that, that's professional. Looking forward to it, guys. It's 8 p.m. You know what that means. Novak News. Novak News. We're going to be discussing Liberal versus Labor, what it means for property, policies, promises, and performance. Let's jump guys, into it. Guys, guys. <laughs> I've used that for a long time. It's 8 p.m. It's Novak News time. <laughs> um, so, guys, tonight we're going to be talking about, obviously, the election that just took place, Liberal versus Labor, or the two major parties anyway, um, but specifically, obviously, keeping it real estate related, what it means for the housing market, um, especially leading up to the election, and then looking also historically what's taken place. Yeah. Um, with these elections and obviously when Liberals in power and Labor's in power. So tonight, we'll start off first of all with some of the promises, um, or not promises, but what both the parties were talking about leading up to the election in terms of what they were looking to do. Um, I'll start off on the coalition side first. The biggest thing that they were bringing up was using your super to purchase a property. So specifically targeted at first home buyers, um, they were looking basically to really push the housing affordability crisis, but especially for first home buyers to allow yeah. them to get into the market. Yeah. So I'll run you through what they did there. Some numbers. Yeah, oh. I'll give you some numbers. So what they were offering was a first home buyer to access up to 40, well, this is what they're promising to do. Um, if elected, a first home buyer willing to use up to 40% of your super or maximum up to $50,000 to purchase a property. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Steph? Mate, so basically what they're saying is, is that, yeah, 40% or 50,000. So if your 40% mm. is greater than 50,000, 50,000 is the capped amount yep. that you can use. Look, um, there's, there's obviously it's in the media. A lot of people can read up on it, but there's a few different things to do. If they're really trying to incentivize first-home buyers, then you've got to understand that first-home buyers don't have a lot in their super. You know, they're relatively younger. They're, they're, they're newer to the workforce um, than I would be. Um, so you've got to understand that okay, maybe maybe that amount isn't isn't readily available, and there's been conversation that it would actually support an older demographic. But they have said it's only for first home buyers, so I, I can see the benefit uh, in in only servicing first home buyers. Hmm. The other thing I'd say is it's that the super obviously is that your superannuation um, is set up to fund you know essentially you when you retire. So the question is, you know, how are you going to pull that money back out? Are there going to be regulations around, you know, what you can buy? Um, because really, you're going to need that money, you know, in your latter years as well. Um, and are you going to be able to access, you know, that that if you transact the property between well, now and then? There's yeah. a lot of questions. That's what I was thinking about in terms of, I think, on the surface, it's brilliant in terms of, yes, it allows people to buy a home where they may not have had the deposit. Oh, Mark. So, hello. Mark. <laughs> Yeah, comrade. <laughs> so what I found was, yeah, on the surface, the biggest thing with first-time buyers is they don't have a deposit. So I can understand they're trying to tackle that issue, allow people to have access to money because a lot of people maybe might have the income yeah. but not the deposit to jump in. Yeah. But then I agree on the flip side of that, for argument's sake, in terms of your super, especially early on as a first-time buyer, that's your nest egg that's going to start to grow. Yeah. And with compound interest, that initial $50,000 is what's going to grow into the biggest 
portion of your super later on down the track. Yeah. And pulling that out so early then to put into property, property's great, does go up in value. But the whole purpose of super is forced savings. Once you put it into your first property, you sell it, you move it to somewhere else. Yeah. Some people are great with their money, some people aren't. And if you do squander that, then I reckon that potentially could have big ramifications down well, the track My as question well. is more, Michael, is if you bought the property yeah. uh, and you've utilised 50,000 of your super, when you sell the property, what happens to that? You know, fifty thousand or, or that percentage that fifty thousand represents. Does that have to come back out? Yeah, that's somewhere else. Are so you able to reuse that for another property? Yeah, to climb the ladder. So great question. I think there's yeah a few different ways that it could have been tackled at the time. Yep. Um, but look, that was probably the biggest thing that Liberal were putting forward in terms of housing leading up to the election. Um, there were some smaller policies as well. All of them seemed to be pro property in terms of allowing people to get into the market. There was nothing sort of there to try and curb. Um, yeah. in the, the housing growth in terms of prices. Yep. What was Labor? What was Labor? I was to say, jumping on the flip side, Labor, obviously the guys that have gotten in. <laughs> so something that's probably a little bit more relevant because it's more likely to actually affect us is their biggest policy was their help to buy scheme, which has similar principles in terms of, once again, trying to help first-time buyers. It definitely seems to be the biggest target from the election campaign. Yep. Um, and these guys, what they proposed is the government can buy, so let's say you want to go buy a home, um, obviously, especially on, let's say, the northern beaches, um, it's very expensive and you're really stretching yourself as a first-home buyer. The government's offering up to 30% of the home value if it's an existing home or up to 40% um, of the home value if it's a new home that they can go in and purchase with you. Um, once again, the intricacies of what they're offering there, I'd be very curious to see what comes forward, yeah. if anything does come to fruition from this. But effectively what they're saying is, hey, it's really expensive to buy a house. We're happy to buy a portion of it with you. And this, this is more targeted at low to middle income earners. Um, so they're saying, hey, we want to purchase a portion of it with you so at least you can get your foot up on the ladder. Um, and then obviously, as you start to earn more money down the track, they've got ways of you sort of buying the house back from down the track, or if you sell it, and there's capital gains there, then obviously the government's going to take a portion of that capital gains as well. So it's a bit of a revenue raising um, for them also to obviously generate some income. So yeah, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, a couple of things spring to mind. I think, look, it's great to, to try to help everybody get a, a home. That's the Australian dream is, is to mm. have the family home. And I believe all Australians deserve to have a family home. Um, it's interesting, Michael, in that I think they said five. I don't know if it was a five percent deposit they let you use. As oh well. yeah, so and, it's a small, say, five or even a two percent deposit. And they're really going to pay deposits. the LMI, the, the lender's mortgage insurance. But mm. um, look, I think it's it's a real touchy subject to think that hey, you're going to share your property with the government, and you're and the government's going to have a slice of my my home. And mm. um, is that is this the beginning of a road that goes somewhere else? Yeah. You know, in regards to government influence and, and things like that. And, mm. and bricks and mortar have always been considered particularly, you know, Mike, we're both of the yeah. ethnic background. So <laughs> it's it's a it's a big part of our culture and, mm. and, and I think is of the Australian culture. So to come in now and say, look, I'm going to be sharing 30 or 40% with um, with ScoMo or, or Albanese or whoever comes in after yeah. these boys um, or, or girls, um, <laughs> it's a yeah. touchy subject. For, for Australians, and uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, no, fair enough. Because, and that's the thing. Once again, I can understand the ethos behind it, which is once again, like you said, getting first home buyers into the market. You can't afford it, so we're saying, hey, we're going to take a portion of that cost as well and jump into it. Once again, there's so many other ramifications I think need to be thought through, and I'm sure they have yep. in terms of how it works. Obviously, when you're selling the property, if you're buying it back from them, what's the value of the property as you start buying it back? All things like that. Are you renting a, their portion from it? 
um, from them, obviously, for the portion that they own. Yeah. There's all that sort of stuff there. So once again, on the surface, I can see why they're doing it. The application of it, I think, is going to be very, yeah, it's very, very interesting. It's very, very important because obviously the, the theory versus the practical um, is the biggest thing. But in saying that, another thing to note there is that was their biggest policy from what I could find when I was doing my research um, in terms of what their ideas were on the property market. That's not been the case previously. I think I remember leading up to last election, the biggest thing that Labor were proposing was um, getting rid of negative gearing, yeah. which was a thing that would, I guess, for property prices anyway, inversely affect them, as opposed to here, it seems to be something that's trying to push people into the property market. So really different stance, because as agents, especially now leading up to the election, we heard from a lot of buyers where, and once again, whether it's for right or for wrong, a lot of buyers were sitting on the fence leading up to the election going, I don't want to buy because I want to see if Liberal Labor gets in. And I'd always ask the question, well, what does it mean to you if Liberal gets in, Labor gets in? Like, what, what, what are you concerned about? And the generalised statement I heard from buyers, once again, I don't know if it's right or wrong, was if Liberal gets in, it's good for property prices, so therefore they're going to go up. If Labor gets in, it's going to be bad for property prices, therefore it's going to go down. Yeah. That was the generalised sentiment. Whether there's evidence behind it or not, if or if it's just a very much old school way of thinking that people had in their minds from a long time ago. But yeah, from what I can see in terms of the actual policies that they've put on offer, overall they just seem to be pushing the market. Yeah, and look, I think I think exactly speaking on what you're speaking on, Michael. Mm. I, I read an article earlier this morning um, in the Morning Herald, and it spoke exactly about that. Um, since 1980, they they kind of looked at all the statistics via core logic mm. and found that essentially, uh, I've just got it here in front of me, that under a coalition government, so under a Liberal government, um, property prices since 1980 across Australia uh, have increased 6.6%, um, under a Labor government, 5.2%. So very, very minimal margins between the two. Well, they've both increased. And they've both <laughs> gone up, both Correct. gone up. And I mean, they're, they're, they're quite, um, sorry, that's year on year growth. Year on but, year. Um, they've both gone up so they both perform relatively the same and that brings us back to um i think really a lot of this is just um you know playing to the crowds pre-election it's and, the height um yeah i genuinely don't think once it, unless there's a major major policy that's going to really take the market by storm in a really positive way for prices or negative way for prices yeah such as potentially what getting rid of negative gearing could have done because that affected on money value a lot in terms of obviously what both parties seem to be pushing pre this election was just first home buyers yeah which is great but in terms of massively affecting whether the market's going to go up down sideways i don't think it's going to have that massive impact yeah um yeah. which is very very interesting and also running on the, the stats that stevan was saying before what we found was and we we're looking at some graphs before most and i wish i could get up on the screen but um most of the times leading up to an election the property market dropped yeah we've seen a slump in property prices leading in yeah. and for for the reason of you know people are following other people traditionally we see a decline in uh, in market values leading into the election and then you'll see a bounce back over the next 18 months where properties actually bounce back irregardless to, to pretty much the same level and, and in some points beyond irregardless um, of whether it was irregardless so it's so the, the, the made no difference yeah correct the, the curve seems to be pretty similar to um yeah, regardless of whether Liberal or Labor got in afterwards, it seemed to bounce back. And personally, what I think I put that down to is uncertainty. Yeah. What's well, the story you tell yourself, isn't it, Mark? Correct. Well, it, people are scared of what they don't know. It doesn't matter how good or how bad it is. If you know what you're going to be up against, you can sort of account for it and you can move forward. When people are uncertain, that's when it all stops. Yeah. Um, and so that's why we see it leading up to every election, because obviously it's up to the people in terms of who's going to get elected. We don't know who's going to get in each time before. And people always sit on the fence and wait, pushes the market down. Once whoever gets elected is elected, 
the market yeah, the moves back up because at least we know what's we yeah, have a better idea. Gone. Yeah, correct. I agree. What's going to happen? But um, guys, I was going to say, looking back at, at obviously property prices since the 1980s, mm. um, the peaks and troughs tend to level themselves out. Mm. Real estate overall continues to go up. People say to me, Stevan, where's the market today? I say it's going up. Yeah. And they're like, how can that be? It's it's lower than it was last year. Yeah, it's got its peaks and troughs. Correct. But over the last 30 years, it's gone up and, and I believe it's going to continue to go up. And we've also looked into you know previous campaigns and, and you look back to the 2008 um, property market when there was a large slump. It wasn't driven by the, by the election at the time. It was driven by the GFC. You look back to 2019, again, we had a, a, a bit of a slump in property prices. wasn't driven by the election. was driven by APRA and the talks of, of um, you know, tighter lending and, and mm. restriction upon lending. After the election, it wasn't as tough as they thought. And you've seen this boom pretty much follow on, you know, from the end of that. That was kind of 2020 type of recovery period. So yeah. really what I say and what, I, what I've found and, and what I can confidently say is that the property market... Uh, as much as, um, you know, political promises fills up the newspaper columns and and, um, and the websites, mm. the biggest factors are household debt, are access to money, mm-hmm. lending, um, those type of economic factors are, are, are far more, far more, um, you know, con- contributing to, to property prices rather than, than election promises and, and cheap and quick policies. Uh, because, yeah. And we were talking about it, Michael, the, the policies, as, as good as they have, some of them have merits and, and there's pros and cons on both, mm. but they're always only factored to such a such a small percentage of Australians. You know, right. it's, it's only for m- first home buyers. It's only for... Well, it's such a niche for the market. It's only for builders. Yeah. yeah, like the one that they've offered at the moment, I think it's for the first 10,000 purchases. There's a lot more purchases that go on in, in Australia than just 10,000 people buying homes. Um, so it just affects such a small portion of the market. And I think you nailed it on the head there in terms yeah. of there's so many other overarching factors that are going to affect it. Um, a big one also that I believe is more sentiment, yeah. um, buyer sentiment in terms of this is not an individual buyer, but more overall when you're asking buyers as a masses and you go, hey, do you think the market's going to go down? And if everyone thinks it's going to go down, you know what? They're right because they're going to force it down. Everyone's going to sit on the fence. And then what's going to happen in turn, the property price is going to keep dropping till eventually people start buying in. It's the same thing when the market's on the way up. Even take out the economic factors, you ask buyers, oh, is the market going to go up? And they go, yes, it is. Well, guess what? They're right because everyone's going to start jumping in and they're going to force the prices up as well. So that definitely does seem to be that herd mentality. There's normally something that happens that's a bit of a catalyst that triggers a potential shift. And then how far it goes is just basically how far buyers willing to keep believing that self-fulfilling prophecy until eventually they go, enough's enough. Like, for example, when the market was going up last year, I firmly believe that, yes, it started turning and there was definitely some major factors there that had it in terms of obviously that started talking of interest rates, um, obviously the election coming up. But fundamentally also, the market eventually is going to hit a point when it's going up through its cycle. It, hit its, it hits its natural peak where people go, it's too expensive now. I don't want to buy. Yeah. I can't afford to buy. Yeah. So I'll stop. And then it's the same thing when the market, and this is more specifically for the northern beaches, obviously rural, it's different and different areas of Sydney, it's, it's got their own um, their own market trends. But Northern Beaches, it's the same thing. Now that we're on the way down, it hits a point where people go, this is really cheap to the way it was. I'm going to start jumping in. That's when it starts to level yeah. out and that's when it starts to do its next curve as well. Yeah. But like we said earlier, historically looking at elections, there's always a slump pre-election mm. and there's always a bounce back. So that would tell me that if I'm a buyer in the marketplace, now is a great time to be jumping in. 100%. While people are still sitting on the fence yeah. um, and haven't made their mind because I believe you know the spring-summer selling market will start to see 
you know, a, a bit more buyer confidence come back. Obviously, another factor as well with policy is that, you know, just how much money is made year in, year out by stamp duty. They're not going to make any adjustments there. It's such a huge stream of revenue, Correct. you know, to the state government. So, um, you know, it's in it's in everybody's interest. We, we put up a, a, a number of um, releases just over the weekend, just fun stuff about, you know, politicians and, and how many of them own, <laughs> yeah. you know, how much real estate they do own. Mm. You know, it's not in their interest either to see real estate, you know, not performing. So, um, again, the factors driving the property market uh, is generally money, access mm. to, um, and then the management of money, but more so from what I've learned is access to money. Mm. Um, a lot of promises thrown around as, as election time comes, kind of like real estate agents, yeah. politicians, <laughs> a lot of promises. Yeah. But, um, you know, overall, great time to buy, I think good time to hold and, and um, 100%. good time to move some real estate. I think it's just, yeah, a lot of it is quite hollow. Yeah. I, I genuinely think that the effect on the market is like, for example, let's, let's sort of recap, Labor's in now, what's going to happen moving forward? going through their major policies there, pretty much all of them were targeted at helping first home buyers get into the market. So once again, that sort of pushes to me, of course, they're trying to push the market there. There's nothing nothing I could see in their major policies that said, hey, let's curb the growth. Everything's getting too expensive. Once again, whether right or wrong, there's no policies there with it. So personally, I think, like yeah. you said, the market's just going to do its, it's what it always does. It's yeah. going through its downward shift now. It's going to start to flatten out and then it'll start to move up. The key question is when? And no one has that answer. Nah. It could be three months, it could be six months, it could be two years. Anyone who yeah, anyone who speculates when it's going to be, everyone has their reasons. But the truth is no one truly knows. And one thing I have seen since COVID is when it does turn, it turns quick. Yeah. It turns really quick. And, and, and if we did know, if we had a crystal ball, we, yeah. we probably wouldn't be doing a video at, at uh, quarter past five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. We'd be in the Bahamas. Yeah, that's um, very true. So, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, um, the saying doesn't change in terms of it's not timing the market, it's time in the market. Yeah. Buy, hold, it's the best you can do. Absolutely. Um, any questions, guys, as well from what we went through today? I've been really curious to see, obviously, for our masses of viewers that are watching, um, what your guys' thoughts are in terms of what's going to happen moving forward with Labor getting in as well. Any questions for us or just post what your thoughts are as well. I'll be very curious to read this later on tonight to see what people think also. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining us another Monday night and uh, looking forward to seeing you again. Have a good evening. Same time. Thanks, guys.